Hello to you. Good morning, good evening, and good night to you on this, on this, the the 34th, 34th episode of Podgus. I am recording this a bit late on a Wednesday, on a Wednesday, uh, hard D there, hard D for all the guys out there, when you say Wednesday, do you do a hard D? Do, do I make the D in your Wednesday hard? Oh, geez, what a gross start to this. Hey, hey, fellas, do you got a hard D? No, I'm not talking about your privates. I'm talking about when you say Wednesday. 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 Why don't we just all as a society agree to replace the N and the D so that we can, fi- so that it finally aligns with the way we pronounce it, you know? We all call it Wednesday. Why not just, why don't we all agree to change the spelling? Here we are inventing words every day, you know? Here we are inventing words like yeet and skeet and other eats. We're always expanding the English dictionary. Let's, let's make some changes, okay? Let's change the N and the D so that finally it doesn't look like Wednesday. And it doesn't give children a lot of trouble and strife in spelling and learning the word, okay? So from now on, either Wednesday... From now on, either uh, change the spelling or do a hard D on Wednesday. It's a late Wednesday. And greetings to you on this, the 34th episode of Podgus. Who knows what it's going to be called? I don't. I just started here. Hey, give me a break. Give me a break. I just started. I don't know what it's going to be called. Um, I am doing this to avoid. I am anxious as shit right now. I'm avoiding. I'm procrastinating. There's a lot that uh, that fell into my plate all at once. Um, good things, opportunities, but... I am, um, I, I react to good news and opportunities with a lot of anxiety and dread. I don't handle good news well. <laughs> that is one thing that I've learned. The more success that I achieve, the, the, the higher I climb in my career, the more I realize that I react to good news with dread and anxiety. So, um, I'll let you guys know that good things are on their way if I don't screw them up. And, uh, you know that good things are on the way because Algus is full of, you guessed it, dread with a hard D. My D is so hard right now with the dread that I'm feeling. (laughs) I'm just so stressed thinking about it, but I'm doing this podcast because I have yet to do a podcast this week and I don't want to fall behind or leave you guys hanging. You, my most loyal of followers, I consider the people who listen to podcasts the most loyal of friends and fans that I have. And I mean this very dearly and truly when I say I appreciate you guys because, you know, this is this is my safe space. If you get catch my drift, this is where I get to just relax a little bit, take the take the uh, edge off, take the weight off my shoulders, and just chill with you guys, and just be 
comedy gifts without the pressure of success. This is my little humble pocket of, it's a, it's a, we're all gathered together. You're gathered in my living room of your mind. However that looks is completely up to you. I will leave that up to you. How does my living room look like to you? But right now, you're, you're coming and chilling in my living room. Or maybe even this. Wherever you're listening, I'm just kind of chilling there beside you in your living room. Because you invited me into your home by pressing play on this. So thanks for inviting me into your home. You know what? I'm not hosting you. You're hosting me. And may I say, as a guest, how wonderful that is. Thank you. What a nice place you got here. See? That's me being a good guest. Wow. Look at over there in the corner of wherever we're sitting. Um, whether it's in your house or your car or maybe even the streetcar or... I mean, if you're, like, in transit or something, look at what you've got on. You look great. And it's good to see ya. Now, shush while I talk f- by myself for 45 minutes. <laughs> now, you hush, and I'm gonna talk for a little while. That is what I feel right now. Okay, anyways. Um, I'm full of... Oh, I'm crackling with anxiety. Basically... Basically, if you have recently seen my act, you know that... I riff and I improvise a lot. I do it a lot. And my my material that I'm crafting, it comes along so much slower. What an odd problem I have. My material comes together and, and becomes quality much, much slower than when I am on an inspired tear and when I'm just winging it and when I'm talking to people in the crowd. That is, I'm doing so much better doing that than, like, coming up with premises and going up on stage with them and nailing my beats and and conveying the point that I thought of earlier. Oh boy, so what a backwards problem. So naturally, as these opportunities arise, um, quote-unquote television, and end quote, and radio, further end quote... When, when basically I have an opportunity to immortalize myself on stay on screen and in media, I'm fucking terrified. The stakes become that much higher and I, and I get nervous and I start to stand in my own way because as soon as the stakes get higher, you think about these things a lot more. And so I'm getting, uh, calls I, I don't want to get too much into it, but basically these uh, amazing, these very great little gracious opportunities that are coming up, they're asking me to send transcripts. Oh boy, the worst. That's my kryptonite is sending a transcript. And fortunately enough, a lot of these people are like, you don't, it doesn't have to be word for word. We're not expecting you to go up with a memorized script. God damn, that's not stand up. And yet... I wing it so much and my jokes just take different forms. Literally every time I'm on stage, I tell the joke a different way. And so I'm just stressed. I'm so stressed when people ask me to send a transcript because I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to do tonight, let alone next week, next month, six months from now. God, you want me to send me a transcript of what I, what I might do six months from now? Jesus Christ. Jesus, H, bread Christ, bread Christ, 
<laughs> sourdough. Wait, I need to think of a a c a c word a type of bread. Crostini. What type? What's the c word type of bread? Um. Oh, ciabatta. Well, it doesn't have the same ring as as it's not an alliteration. Ciabatta Christ. Ciabatta. Ciabatta bun Christ. We're gonna just go with that for now. What if I even type C bread? C bread. What type of bread starts with C? Ciabatta. Croissant. Croissant Christ. Crostini Christ. <laughs> there we go. Thank you, Google. Coming in with the punchline. Google just wrote me a joke. Crostini Christ. <laughs> Anyways, I'm really on to this whole bread Jesus thing. If you haven't heard about my uh, my bread Jesus tangent, please go back to episode 33, I believe it is. Um, uh, let's find it. Uh, not 33. 32. Bread Jesus and Pastrami Paul. Uh, or Pastrami Peter even can be one of them. Salami Simon. Uh, lettuce Luke. There's a whole sandwich made out of his disciples. Anyways, let's not beat a dead horse. Even though I'm coming up with new stuff every time. This is my point. Every time I do a joke, it's new. And so please, if anybody in the industry is listening, just trust me that I'll get there. And please don't ask me to provide a transcript because god damn it, that kills me. I guess it's all part of growing up. I can't do adult things. Oh, I, even the adult things that I do, I have a childish way of doing them. So it's so hard to do adult things. When I'm doing adult things, I found a loophole in my life where I'm achieving adult things but doing them like a kid would. And so it's fucking hard, you guys. It's so fucking hard to keep to keep moving my career forward and advancing and growing in this adult world when I'm I just can't. I'm a kid. I can't. Oof. Anyways, let's get to some adult stuff. Uh, this is uh, also on the brain. I just watched Chappelle's, Dave Chappelle's latest special, Closer. And I guess he came out with it either today or yesterday. So this is piping hot, fresh news. I was going to talk about Chris Pratt as Mario, but that's like a month old now. And I missed my chance. I missed the boat. So let's talk about uh, Chappelle's special, man, because... Naturally, as a trans person, I have I have an opinion or two on the stuff that he talked about because it was, uh, if you've seen it, it was very, very LGBT trans heavy. And I hope I am not suffering currently from brain exhaustion because I wrote one hell of a dissertation on Facebook, uh, just really, really long, drawn out. Um, yeah, just an opinion. I'm like reading up on the responses and some people are very, uh, of course, heated, 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 heated. Um, anyways, um, I'm sure, I'm sure a lot of trans people are going to have a lot of issues with me. I don't think the way a lot of what seems to be the monolithic trans community thinks, but I think it is a, a problem to believe. We all speak with one voice. 
as as would be a mistake if you believed any group of people all spoke with one voice. And, um, oh, do I want to get into it? Because now I'm reading the comments coming in and I feel a little bit softened in my opinion <laughs> i'm like basically you know what i came away from it feeling uh, a little conflicted you know because i what i do see when i watch Chappelle is i do see a master and i see a master at work i see a guy who can who can really captivate an audience deliver a joke he's fun undeniably funny and um and like he but at the same time, and and he is a modern philosopher. He really makes you think. However, I think that he is very inflexible when it comes. He's starting to grow into the old guard, as it seems is inevitable. I feel like everybody, every comedian now at this point grows into the old guard. And there is some element of, uh, things used to be better, kind of. There's always this, everything used to be better back then. I don't get it, the kids these days. It just, you know... Is that inevitable? Like, I've, I see it happen all around with human beings, but now with comedians, it's kind of inevitable that you reach a certain age and your shtick becomes, ah, kids these days, they're all soft, and I liked it better when we were all tough. And, you know, maybe, maybe, I don't know, I don't know how much merit that has, because he's always spoken out about uh, issues in the black community and how they've been oppressed, and that could easily, anybody could have easily during those time periods have been like, ah, he's just being soft, he's complaining. They, can you imagine if he grew up, you know, 50 years ago? Come on, you know? He's just doing, in, in my opinion, everything that he's doing is an ironic reflection of everything that he's kind of fought against, but in a different group. And I find that I'm just conflicted about that because what what he does a lot of is he compares, he's doing, he's playing this dangerous game of comparing suffering and comparing oppression. And uh, honestly, undeniably, the black community has has a long history of of oppression and, and cruelty and I mean, I mean, being mistreated, not them being cruel, being being treated cruelly and and of course, slavery is will forever be a scar on on their history, and there's no denying any of that stuff. But I think what he does sometimes is he uses he uses his position and his history as a black man to undermine the struggles of other communities and completely discredit them. And that's where I I that's where I draw the line. That's where I really struggle to get on board with a lot of his ideals. You know what I mean? Like. I won't give away too much, but at, um, you know, at one point he tells a story about um, being confronted by a trans woman in a bar. And during this story, he talks about how uh, this trans woman is literally at a seedy bar in uh, in an ass-backwards, bumfuck, uh, tiki torch type of town. So she is, she is in danger. She is not, she doesn't conform in in this particular area and that could mean violence for her and and in this very same story he kind of acknowledges in a moment he's like it's kind of dangerous for you here but then in that same story the point of the story is that this trans woman was being entitled by calling him out for uh his jokes and by by telling him that 
he he doesn't understand her struggles. It's it's this weird hypocrisy that Chappelle has sort of entered into, I think, in the modern era where he in in touting his own oppression he bluntly discredits other groups. And I'm and I'm I'm sure at this point that he doesn't notice the irony in what he's doing because he is of course exalted as one of the best of all time. So there is an I I just see this cru- this pale cruel irony through all of his specials recently in which he talks about the LGBT community and just his his point of view all too often seems like a suck it up you don't have it bad at all. Look at what I've had to go through kind of thing. And I think it's a it's a losing game for everyone when you start to compare it's a suffering olympics where where you know there are different levels of oppression there are different ways that people have suffered and and people's experiences of oppression are different but that doesn't altogether mean one person's is invalid and that's that's one thing that I think he does in his specials and that's one thing that I don't particularly like I do like some of his material about trans people um and I do think that the community as a monolithic whole could afford itself a little bit of a sense of humor, but at the same time, I can absolutely see why they would take issue with a lot of the things that he's saying because he's being willfully neglectful of some of the nuance, and I find that a bit disappointing from such a, such a smart modern philosopher like him to, I feel like he's avoiding nuance and context in some spaces. Because at one point he literally says that the trans community has been suffering for decades. And and he kind of scoffs at that idea. And he's like, decades? You guys don't know shit about suffering. You've only been suffering for decades. And like, that I thought was extremely tone deaf. Because fucking man, the oppression against the, the gays and the, and the trans and the lesbians. and It's been well documented. It's fucking biblical. You know what I mean? So let's just take it easy on the who's been doing it longer because, you know, it's been long enough. If it's if it's long at all, it's too it's long enough for everyone, you know? So even here, I, I don't want to be I don't want to discredit his suffering at all. I think there's room for everybody's suffering. <laughs> this is fucking the human experience. There's room enough for everyone's pain and anguish and suffering. God, existence is pain. If you're a nihilist like me, fucking I'm an open-minded uh, I'm a I'm a tolerant, accepting, uh, welcoming nihilist. There's room on board for everyone's pain and anguish. This is what it's like to be alive, okay? So anyways, I do think uh, the other thing is there is one thing that I found a bit ironic was, um, yeah, I, he, he tells a really, I'm, con- I'm so conflicted, you know what I mean? Like he tells a story about a uh, trans quote-unquote friend of his by the name of Daphne. And uh, he tells a story about how uh, this Daphne woman, a trans woman, uh, saw it was a big fan of his and would show up to shows consistently and sit in the front row and laugh and and laugh um, 
very loudly at all the trans-related jokes, all the stuff that have been getting him into trouble, right? And uh, he tells a story about how he, how he quote-unquote, befriended her and got her to open for him once. And, um, and then the story ends with, you know, six days after this. I won't give away too much, of course. But it ends with, uh, the story ends with this profound experience where she opens for him and and they they share this moment on stage that it's it's beautiful and it's and it transcends no pun intended it transcends both of their experiences and it and it concludes in this uh bigger than the room bigger than the moment itself this this collective between the audience and the comedians themselves this this great understanding and this seeing of each other eye to eye and this beautiful moment of connection and he tells this beautiful story that honestly left me a little breathless at one point. Like I thought it was very beautiful, and I and I do the the idea of of sharing ideas and listening, listening to each other and discussing and and keeping an open mind and looking each other in the eye and and acknowledging each other's humanity and the hum and the human experience, uh, good and bad, victories and struggles. Um, I just thought that was really beautiful and special, but he just peppers through this story things that kind of undermine his very message and sort of discredit the trans experience and disrespect it, and and so he does, I mean, like, I know part of the point is the trans community needs to get over itself, I guess, is what he's getting at, and not stress the little things like pronouns and you know these are all just jokes haha i'm just kidding give me a break but you also don't don't always get that pass especially when you are telling when you're the point when the message that you're conveying when you're giving a really thoughtful take and and yet and yet kind of marring and hurting your own compelling story by by doing these little things that intentionally that that are known to disrespect the community and yet you're still doing them while you're talking about respecting the community you know what i mean it just rings a bit hypocritical to me a lot of the time and i know and i know see i'm already like kind of glancing at the comments i'm getting underneath and i know the trans community is going to probably hate me for uh this opinion because it seems as though any opinion that is not um, any opinion that is not uh, a little measured. No, see, that's not fair. Any opinion that that isn't indisputably against Dave Chappelle is. Uh, questionable by the trans community and probably feels like a betrayal me being one of our own yeah so um jesus i need to i need to not look right now i'm i'm busy doing podcasts i'm busy with you in one of our living rooms and i shouldn't be looking away i'm i'm looking i'm checking my phone this is not good um okay so I guess that's that's that about the Chappelle special. I, I'm just, I'm conflicted. I want to like him and I want to see, 
I want to see the nuance and and I want to see the camaraderie and the empathy in a lot of his points. But and I and I never want to be the type of person to just go fuck that person, they're trash. Because I do think that none of us are irredeemable. We all we're we're still human, you know what I mean? And to just throw somebody in the trash kind of speaks to just a lack of of thoughtfulness around someone else's experience and what makes them who they are and what makes them think the way they do. You know what I mean? To just say one person is trash is to, in a way, ignore what they've been through and their point of view, if that makes sense. I don't know. I don't know if I'm making a lot of sense here. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm, Maybe I'm too lenient on these people who have criticisms of of my tribe. I know he called it called them tribes. Which, speaking of, at the at the end, you know, his story about this this Daphne woman. I mean, it, it felt like he mentioned tribe, and he and he was like, you know, she's not part of any. I realized she's not part of any tribe except a comedian's tribe, and that. That kind of resonated with me too, that there is this tribalism among comedians that comes from our shared experience. The fact that we've all, you know, to be a comedian, you have to have bombed. Like like my episode a couple episodes ago where I was incredulous to hear this four-year comic claim that they've never bombed. Then, in my opinion, you don't know, you're not, I don't, you don't know... You're not part of the tribe. I think you're too delusional to understand what it's like to be a comedian, to have suffered the way the rest of us have. I don't ever want to come across as a as a purist of the art. I think stand-up is wonderfully flexible. But really, you have to have... There's a there's kind of a, an, a, a being in the trenches... Oh man, and I know, like, I feel, I feel like I'm being a hypocrite here because I feel like there should be room for everybody. And but at the same time, that's delusional, straight up. If you say you've never bombed in four years, you are a liar, or maybe your standards are extremely low for yourself. And I find that as much a tragedy as anything else. How are you supposed to get better if you don't think that you didn't do well at a show? You know. Where am I going with this? Uh, there is, like, tribe. I don't know. That spoke to me. It felt... Maybe this is this speaks to my primal in-group, out-group peanut brain. But hearing the word tribe, that somehow spoke to me. That, like, there is a tribalism am- among comedians and a shared experience. And one that, you know, involves suffering. So surely Mr. Chappelle can see the suffering in another's experience and have a little bit more sympathy for it that's all i'm saying um it also felt like he he used this daphne woman as a prop you know the whole i find it ironic that the whole i have a trans friend therefore i can't be transphobic i find it ironic that he was kind of pulling that stunt because i feel like that is the very same Sorry, that is the very same thing Dave Chappelle would would make fun of. You know, a white guy being like, I can't be racist, I got, I got a black neighbor. I feel like that's exactly the kind of thing he would have made fun of. So I, I see these uh, blind spots in his logic that I, I'm kind of surprised that I thought he was a self-reflective person. But maybe his, his reflection is only external. 
I think maybe he misses his own blind spots there and his own contradictions. You know, I, I do think, man, you know, there's a middle ground. Having a trans friend doesn't excuse you from transphobia, but it does help you probably empathize. It does lend you a little bit of experience and insight into their, their, what they go through. So, you know, anybody who's like, oh, don't go, don't go using that. I'm, I'm, I have a blank friend, therefore I can't be blankest, you know. It doesn't have zero merit, but it doesn't have all the merit. You know what I mean? Somewhere in between. I'm just, you know, I'm just saying reasonableness somewhere. And the, there's a reasonable amount of I have a blank friend. Therefore, that reflects on me as a as a human being who has been exposed to other experiences outside of my own. How about that? That's a good way of putting it. Good job, Algus. Okay, uh, sorry this hasn't been funny. I'm just, I'm just reeling. I'm thinking about uh, this Chappelle special. Check it out, I guess, or not, if you don't want to. If you feel you are the sensitive type, uh, he does, uh, especially if you are LGBT, if you don't have the stomach f for that kind of thing, if, if it just makes you feel awful about yourself, then yeah, I would just say avoid it. I would say avoid it because I gotta say, you know, I, I'm not impervious to it either. And getting misgendered a hundred times in a night when I'm clearly trying to be my best female self and getting misgendered while I'm getting brought on stage and casually in conversation and people don't notice and I have to draw attention to it. Sometimes I, you know, by the end of the night, if it keeps happening, I'm like, fuck it, fuck it. I failed. I failed tonight. I take it upon myself as like a reflection of, my failure to, to, to perform womanly enough to achieve this she-her standard. And it's like a million little needle pricks that eventually it does, they, they do accumulate. So, so I get it. And, and, you know, if you're already in a sensitive position and you watch something like that, that in a way, um, and not even in a way, like it definitely mocks your experience, then you know what? Self-preservation. There's nothing wrong with taking care of yourself. And I would say maybe give it a pass. I don't know. These things get just get me thinking, you know, and get me self-reflecting about my, my identity and my position in the world. Because he does, he, he did at one point bring up uh, the idea, the definition of what makes a man a man and what makes a woman a woman. Like, it, it surely it can't be as simple as declaring oneself one or the other. You can't just say, I'm a woman and, and therefore my experience, my life, my lifetime of experiences is the same as a woman. I can, I can, it's just not... I don't know how realistic that is, right? Like, and that's what my act is all about. I'm trying to find, I'm trying to navigate this space of having lived as, as a self-identified and society-identified man and entering into this world with all of that experience behind me. I can't, I just, I can't bring myself to just believe that I'm a woman just because I, I'm, I said I was one. And, and then, you know, you add in the gray area of, of performing gender. I'm performing it when I go out with a wig on. And how, what, how real is that to the female experience? How, how you know, 
I don't know. I don't know what makes me who I am sometimes. I am at a loss at times. And and the more, I'm sure you can hear it in my fucking voice right now, the more I contemplate it and reflect on it, uh, the harder it seems to get to navigate. I just feel like I'm no closer to getting any answers. And once again, tonight, you know, this is on the to- at the top of my brain. I got, I got fucking soccer tonight. And I don't know if I've to- spoken about this yet, but I play for a co-ed... Uh, male and female welcome, recreational, it's recreational, so all skill levels welcome, all genders welcome, soccer league, and they have a rule in place that says you must have at least two women on the field at all times, and, um, and, and also the other rule is, and I found this out in advance, um, you, you play as whatever gender you yourself uh, define yourself to be. So if you claim that you're a woman, you can play as one. You are allowed to, and no one is allowed to intervene or take issue with that. And, and, you know, I love that. It's super progressive. It's wonderful. But at the same time, it feels like a, it feels like a, 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 a trap almost, a trans trap, you know, because it you have to perform a certain gender in order to qualify and i guess that's the bottom line there is performance in gender involved and that performing it is part of what makes is us us right i don't know i don't know i'm i'm starting to struggle to gather my thoughts here in a cohesive way but but, you know, this, like, the South Park episode, there's a South Park episode where um, it's an all-female strength competition. And, of course, the way South Park does, uh, there is a character who identifies as a woman and is uh, and is basically Macho Man Randy Savage. He is, she, he is uh, jacked like a wrestler, has the body shape of a man, literally has a beard, and a low voice, it is Macho Man Randy Savage. It wears a cowboy hat, talks like this, oh yeah! And so it's, it is literally the premise is Macho Man is, has entered into a all-female competition just by saying he's a woman and, and now he's allowed to compete and naturally he uh, whoops the competition's ass, literally, like, to the point of danger. He's endangering some of the contestants because there's, like, a boxing event involved. So he's beating the shit out of some of these contestants. So obviously, you can see what the point of view here is that South Park is taking. And that got a huge... That got a lot of blowback from the trans community. And, and you know, I want to side with the trans community, but, like, here I am literally living out that very situation and what a cruel reality is stranger than fiction irony it is that i am currently um faced with this macho man dilemma and i'm good at soccer i have a history i played rep growing up i've been playing it all my life i'm pretty good even for a guy so yeah well for a canadian guy let's be real canada it's, it's still canada but um but here I am faced with, you know, I, I can't show up on the field in a wig and and my fake tits and a little bit of makeup just enough to pass as a woman to make it convenient enough that I'm like, okay, so that person qualifies as a woman because look at look at what they've got on. 
so they count as a woman and now i can kick ass on the field and you know i can't and and yeah I can't, I play as a, as a dude. I'm not going to wear a wig and makeup. Of course not. I'm going to tie my hair back. I'm going to put on a sports bra to cover my, of my titties. Cause I don't want to run around with puffy marshmallow cones with my sensitive boobs that somebody can elbow and severely hurt me in my sensitive nipples. But so, you know, I can't, I can't go out there looking like I do without, without the accoutrement, without the things that help me identify as a woman in the public eye i can't go out and play soccer and be like well i identify as a woman the rest of the time because then i'm macho man randy savage running around out there scoring goals as a woman you know what i mean and then the other team could just as easily it's a south park episode where the other team could just as easily uh fucking complain to that office be like hey what the hell are the rules here? You got a guy running around out there kicking ass and and then just going up to the ref and being like, yeah, I, I, I identify as a woman. God, if they knew who I was, then they would maybe understand a little bit more. But, you know, no one's owed that luxury in rec soccer. But of course, you know, how ridiculous would it be me trying to cheat at rec soccer just so we could win in our recreational low tier entry level league? You know what I mean? There's a lot going on. Why the fuck would I cheat to win a fucking rec league trophy? And at the same time, why can't I just play as a guy and get over myself at the same time? You know what I mean? There's a lot. There's a lot of nuance. And the reason why I bring all this up is, you know, that's my, that's, that is the fundamental issue that I myself and society at large is, is struggling with right now is defining male and female and, um, working through what equality looks like that way. You know what I mean? So I understand where Chappelle is coming from when he addresses some of these things. I just think that he he's getting old and he's and he's getting a bit too set in his ways and he is hypocritically demanding respect and understanding when he's not showing a whole lot of signs of doing the same. Know what I mean? Anyways, um Wow, if you aren't even a fan, if you don't intend to watch the thing, then I'm, I apologize that this has been so inside ball this whole time, you know? But uh, it's got me thinking about a lot, obviously. It's got me reflecting. And let's, the lights are getting dim in my room. The sun is going down. So let's, let's let the sun go down on this podcast. I got, what, seven, six minutes left. Let's first, I'm going to get up real quick and turn on this light. And I'm back. Um, Let's, let's close this out um, with this little thing. So listen, a couple things maybe. I could talk about, I could talk about, uh, don't look at the phone, Algus. I could talk about uh, this Chris Pratt Mario thing. I won't go into too much detail, but basically, in case you're not in the know, uh, there is a a Super Mario movie coming out eventually. I guess they're filming it. it, Does it count as filming if it's all CGI? If it's computer animated? Um, I guess, you know, whatever the word is, they're recording it. They're making it. It's in production. In production. There we go. Um, For this... 
new, hot new Super Mario movie. And so a few weeks ago, they unveiled the cast, the voice cast. And Chris Pratt is playing Mario, and it caused a huge uproar. And I'll admit some of it is hilarious. I I mean, uh, like, (laughs) you know, (laughs) see, my mind is wandering back to all the stuff I just talked about. Uh, There was a huge uproar. In the unveiling, it was, I think, Shigeru, Shigeru Miyamoto. Shigeru Miyamoto. Shigeru Miyamoto. Uh, the, the president, I don't know, the one of the higher-ups of Nintendo made the announcement and one by one announced who was, uh, who was voicing who. And when he, when he would list them, he was like, Chris Pratt is playing Mario and I am so excited about this. He is so cool. And and just that one line, Chris Pratt, he is so cool. Um, <laughs> I just think the, what a what if of course everybody was going to jump on that because what a way to um, what a way to hire somebody as a voice actor. You get hired because you're cool. You know what I mean? This guy's cool. Um. So, <laughs> I just thought that was funny. But my thing is, man, everybody gets so upset when they see this stuff. And they're like, it's going to suck. Ruin my childhood. And it's like, I don't know, man. Why not just wait until you see it? I I got it. I can't lie. I have my skepticisms. And video game movies are, are typically bad. So, they're already working against that. And it's like, why wouldn't they hire the voice actor for regular Mario in the games? And I get that too, obviously. I get all of this. I do think it's fucking ridiculous and stupid that Chris Pratt is playing him. But at the same time, dog, let's not get ahead of ourselves. And let's give these motherfuckers a chance. Oh boy. See, you're already, and in by in screaming your head off at the travesty that this is, you're already setting yourself up to be upset no matter what. I think you're already priming yourself to hate anything that is bound to come out. Chris Pratt will never be good enough. So, you know what? You're partially at fault here for how much you're going to hate the movie. All right? Um, that and listen, we've all been proven wrong before. And I will always hold on to this for the rest of my life is fucking Heath Ledger, man. I will use that as an example till the cows come home, dude. I, Heath Ledger, as the Joker, when he was announced, you fucking, let's not lie to ourselves. Everyone was like, duh, really? Fucking broke back? That guy? The guy that played a gay dude? Why fucking that guy is Joker? What the fuck, man? And then he, and then he dished out one of the best iconic performances across movie history, dude. So let's not jump our guns. Let's not soil our panties too early. Let's give him a chance. Is all I'm saying. Heath Ledger, R.I.P. Heath Ledger. Remember Heath Ledger, people. Okay, that's all I'm saying. Um. Uh, one more thing. Um, and that's it. <laughs> no. One more thing. I uh, 
I don't know. I don't know. I saw a post about... Uh, no, you know what? I'll save this for the next one. Because there's a bunch I gotta say about this. Um, <laughs> I I think I'm gonna call it here. I keep checking my phone. I don't know. Check out... Oh, jeez. You know... Uh... Um... Hey, look, uh, look after yourselves. Honestly, if if you are listening to this and if you um, identify as LGBT and you're not a fan of Chappelle, you have every right not to be so. I can, I, uh, I feel your points and I'm sorry if I've upset you with my own opinion, my own opinions. If you think that I'm giving him far too much credit for the harmful things that he's saying. I, I can I can see that and I maybe I am being too lenient on the guy. I'm not sure as I'm sure you've you've um, as I'm sure you've understood throughout the this particular episode, I'm very conflicted about how I feel about myself and a lot of things and the trans experience and the nuances in all of these things and and just how much it really is all so complicated oppression and and the black experience and how it relates and and how it factors in and somebody as special as Chappelle is of course going to provoke thought and I just want to make sure that the response is as thought through and not as Im- impulsive as it as sometimes it feels but also at the same time don't let people get away scot-free with the shitty things that they say and do right uh i don't know okay um hey listen wish me luck on these new good things that are happening to me i'll probably announce them at some point um i I, might be worth announcing now if in case i don't record it in time but uh this tuesday i agreed to record an audio track for jfl originals just for laughs originals at Comedy Bar on Tuesday. They emailed me about this yesterday. I have a week to prepare 10 minutes of radio material. Fortunately, it doesn't have to be all brand new. I think I can reuse some stuff. I have to talk to them about that. But god damn, is that stressful. You know what I mean? Immortalizing myself on radio and TV and all this shit. I want to make sure I put out consistently good stuff. I want to be true to myself. But I also don't want to waste a good opportunity to fucking make, finally make some money. Oh, I'm so poor. You know, you know what I mean? This could make me some fucking money and I'll do it. I'll do it. Um, I just, I want, I want to make sure that I do myself justice and I want to honor my own integrity, my own artistic integrity, whatever that's worth. I mean, it is worth something if I believe it is and I, and I treat it like it is. So, uh, wish me luck. And have a good week and all the good things that you do, man. If good things come your way and you're feeling anxious about them, sit down and write out, write out how you're feeling, write out your fears, and and that way you can rationalize them to yourself and and write out your fears and write out the reality of the situation. You know what I mean? You are not a terrible person. You are not a piece of shit. You are worthy. You are you absolutely deserve these good things that are coming to you. And so treat yourself like you do. All right, get out there and get out there and be somebody and do something and love yourself more most importantly. All right? Okay, guys. Thank you so much. Um I'll see you. Bye.